checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, AG1, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Mint Mobile. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein. The Chargers officially wrapped up their final preseason practice before tomorrow's game against the San Francisco 49ers, the final preseason game of the season, which we know is vital for a number of different team members as we are getting closer and closer to the final 53-man cut down. Again, as I have said many times, if you guys go ahead and do this at home, it's going to give you as big of a headache as it has given Dan and myself. But for today's show, on the eve of the final preseason game, we like to, there's a saying that we have around here. If this is your first time tuning into the show, when Dan Wolkenstein works the phones, great things tend to happen. And special guest on the show today to give us all of the up to date news on the latest in Charger Land. Dan Wolkenstein, if you would. Jeff Miller from the LA Times joins us on Chargers Unleashed today. Uh, great friend of the show. Jeff is so fun to hang out with, incredible insights. Uh, does a great job for LA Times covering this Chargers team. Uh, lots of things to discuss with him in regards to this last preseason game, uh, roster battles ensuing, kind of surprises uh, and impressions so far during camp and preseason, and what to expect with kind of the final 53-man roster uh, in its upcoming season. But Jake, before we get to that, got to talk about our friends over at AG1. We have mentioned this multiple times, four ice cubes, one scoop of AG1. Your life will transform. Your life will be better. You will feel much better about yourself. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at AG1. Is that still how you're taking it, by the way, Dan? Is is four ice cubes minimum? Yep. yep. My daughter actually helps me put the ice cubes in the thing now, which has been fun. Oh, that's just adorable. <laughs> uh, so, guys, over at AG1, uh, your daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health, and I drink it literally every day. Um, for someone in myself who has not kept up as it relates to his diet, very much into self-help, going to the gym. But once I get out of there, the eating habits of me are not the best. So how does AG1 help you? Uh, it's, a, it's a comprehensive solution and what you need from a supplemental routine. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive, nu- comprehensive nu- nutrients to support whole body health, replaces your uh, multivitamin probiotics, and in one simple drinkable habit, AG1 is raising the standard for quality and supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation first. Again, guys, if you are not the biggest vegetable consumptions cons- consumers out there uh, like myself, or if your eating habits are not up at par, AG1 does what it needs to do in giving you all your daily multinutritional vitamins and vegetables. And I kid you not, as it relates to gut health and getting things where you need them to be around the waist, it definitely does the job. All right. Well, we're very excited today. Very special guest, friend of the show. You've been here many times now, Jeff, and very thankful for you. Mr. Jeff Miller from the LA Times joins us on Charges Unleashed. Jeff, how's it going, man? You made it through camp. Next stop is Santa Clara. How have you been? Uh, yes, we made it through camp. Yesterday was a uh, was a bit, was a big day for the media. Uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, we survived another one, so we're we're excited about that. Yes, yes, I will say. Uh, yesterday felt like it was like four thirty on a Friday at those press conferences, where like, okay, I don't want to stand between you and happy hour. Let's just get this <laughs> thing out of here. <laughs> Hopefully, happy hour drinks were had. 
that uh, that was kind of the feeling yesterday. I think everybody. The thing is, so it, it, people don't understand how this works. The charges were uh, in one part of Costa Mesa for the first sixteen practices, and the last two practices they moved to their facility in Costa Mesa, a couple miles away. So it kind of seemed like training camp ended, and then we moved. Everybody moved over, and then training camp started again. So there was a couple of days there. The last two days felt a little uh, extraneous. So yeah. <laughs> By the end yesterday, then they they practiced hard and pads and long yesterday, and which I don't think any of us saw that coming either. So by the time that got over, yeah, everybody was pretty much ready. To, uh, let, let's uh, let's get to this last game, get past this, and let's go. You know. Yep, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame them because it's it's a, it's a grueling time getting through this. I know it's a lot to cover for the team, but it's also it's tough going up against the same guys for the most part the entirety of the sh- of the preseason, other than the games themselves, the joint practice. Uh, lots to discuss today. Uh, Want to talk to Jeff about the roster battles so far uh, that need to be decided or remaining. Uh, we'll talk about some of the surprises of preseason as well as some of the differences or expectations of this running game specifically. Uh, so obviously, got to talk about the tight end and wide receiver six position. Uh, preview game three of what to expect versus the Niners. And then who has the least and most to gain this preseason game, which will be a fun one. But first... Let's start off with the roster battles. Um, technically, Brendan Staley said yesterday, Jeff, that the kicking battle is not yet decided. Air quotes on my side. Um, other roster battles. I think you got tight end 3-4. You've got running back 3-4. You've got safety 4. You've got corner 6. What are some of like the key roster battles remaining that you think can be decided here uh, at this sort of preseason game? Well, before we go into any of those other ones, what like so the kicker thing? You're not buying it? No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm I've sold that faster than my last car. No, no. So why why is everybody why is everybody called this thing? Like a bunch of people around the team that cover the team. You know, a lot of us. I mean, a lot of other people think it's over. I don't. I don't know that it's over. Why? Why is it so? Why are we so convinced? I like how I've become the person asking questions without answering the questions. But look, I'll stick my neck out there. I don't mind. Uh, look, what Dustin Hopkins did on one leg is insane. And I, I know that that's probably something that this training staff and the coaching staff does not take lightly with how good he was leading into the injury and all that kind of stuff. Then camp starts, battle starts. He gets injured again, unfortunately. Doesn't have a chance to show himself. Cameron Dicker, younger, who actually finished off the season last year, did great, then comes out during camp and preseason and balls out. He's over 90% success rate on his kicks. Then Dustin Hopkins comes back for a bit, misses a couple kicks during the, I think it was during the joint scrimmage that could have mm-hmm. won the game or simulated game. Cameron Dicker is younger. Cameron Dicker has had more success in the training camp. And in preseason, Cameron Dicker has shown success last year. Unfortunate for Dustin Hopkins, but it, 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 I just don't see how they can tell themselves we're going to release a 90 plus percent success kicker for someone because he was injured. Want to give him a fair shot. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I think, you know, Hopkins, I think Hopkins is a stronger leg. And if there's a 55 yard kick that this team needs to win a game, I'd rather have him kicking it. Now, having said that, um, you're right about the the injury situation. I mean, you look at Hopkins last, whatever it's been, eight, ten months now. Um, you know, he's been hurt twice. So uh, I think ultimately that's probably 
gonna gonna swing the thing. But I'm telling you, like if it was inside of fifty, uh, there's no reason not to believe wholeheartedly in Dicker. When you get a little a little farther out, I think Hopkins is 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 the more likely candidate to hit a long one. Um, and you know how these teams are in the NFL now. You're 50, 55 yards. You're expected to make those. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the Chargers can can feel that way about about Dicker. Now, having said all that, you're probably going to be right. And I, uh, but it is interesting how I, I'm like the only person that I that I've talked to. You know, not that I talk to myself, but that, don't that, lie, don't lie, all, Jeff. Yes, you do. <laughs> among all the other people I've talked to about this, everybody else is like you. That's all. Oh, it's it's Dicker. It's Dicker. It's a whole this whole thing's a charade. So. I don't know. I still seem to think there's something there, and maybe who knows? Maybe Friday something happens in that game. You know, we never know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm not 100 percent sure that it's completely over. I, let's just role play for a second. Let's say I'm Tom Telesco, and I say, "Dear Chargers fans, we have decided to go with Dustin Hopkins." And Chargers fans are you know up in arms, flames everywhere, and they ask why, <laughs> and he says, "Well." He can kick further than Cameron Dicker. Like that, 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 that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> you're, you're just dismissing that all of it. He's, he's, he's more experienced. He's, you know, he's done this longer. He's been through more stuff. Okay, well, that's why that's why inside. Jeff should be role playing, not me, because Jeff knows all of the ins and outs more than I do. The, the we'll, best part uh, about what you uh, just said, Dan, was when you said it was like, okay, Tom Telesco makes a decision, and the Chargers fans go up in arms. It was like, hey, yeah, what's new? Okay, that's <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> that's right, exactly. They're going to be up in arms no matter what happens. So uh, this is true, but yeah, I, uh, uh, it, it probably will be Dicker, but I, you know, I, I don't know, I. Uh, I, I, I do think there's maybe just a little – it may not be completely decided. You know, and the thing is, these coaches, they like to – they're not going to make a decision until everything's in. And so one thing they would tell – the reason they wouldn't say anything, like yesterday, you know, Staley's not going to tell us who the guy is because they got to get through this game. And what happens if one of them gets hurt in the game or something happens in warm-ups and yeah. then we're, you know – so, Worst case scenario. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna let the whole thing play out, and it probably will be Dicker ultimately. But uh, I don't know. I'd like maybe I just I'm hoping for some drama for something to get excited about because otherwise, let's be honest, there isn't. I mean, you're rattling off some. There were some sixes in there. There were some fours. Those are not like really riveting uh, battles that, that people are you know hanging on. They're going to be watching this game real close. Well, don't don't tell that. don't tell Chargers fans that because that is hanging <laughs> in the balance of reason why Tom Telesco should keep or lose his job. It's because of the tight end four, wide receiver seven, <laughs> DB ten. Like that's that's where we're at. But of the roster battles remaining, what are the ones that you feel are most out there? Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't. I don't think there's a ton on the line um, in terms of a guy making the team or not making the team on Friday. I really don't. I, you look at. Uh, I was going through it yesterday, and you kind of project the what's going to be that initial fifty-three. We think. I mean, what you know. And, and the thing to keep in mind too about this is just, that's just the first one, and then that that happens on Tuesday. By the they practice next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I wouldn't be surprised by Thursday if that that fifty three ch- has changed or could change. So, um, it just, how would it change? That, how would it change? Well, in terms of you know, you get that initial fifty three, and then they'll make they could make other moves. You know, they could make a move, oh, one, I see. not the least of which you know, 
maybe a guy they make that 53 and the guy's not ready and they got to put him on IR and then then they got to you know there's those kind of things so uh yeah I'm not saying there's gonna be some massive trade or anything but just there's you know that first 53 is just to get there and then it's it still can and certainly before they play a game it could change so uh uh, but you look at that that that, fit, that initial fifty three, and it's, it seems pretty set right now. And I think the only thing that there's a way, little bit of room for is the whole injury situation, which he, we're going to have to kind of watch here. Donald Parham didn't practice this week. Uh, Gerald Everett didn't finish practice yesterday. Um, you know, Jamari Salyer didn't didn't really practice fully yesterday. But, you know, those are things to kind of watch and. Uh, and while none of those seems, there's no indication that they're serious stuff. We'll, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out as we as we go through these next few days. And, um, and you know, those those are things that could impact uh, some roster decisions and could ultimately impact the, the week one roster that we see. Jeff, kind of an extension of the player competition position battles, whatever you want to call it, that's been taking place. Um, Obviously, long camp, lots to evaluate over the last several weeks that that you've been able to see up close and personal. But I wanted to get your opinion just on any surprises of camp that you've seen this far. And whether we're talking about specific players that have stood out or even just your evaluation of, let's just say, Kellen Moore with the new offensive system, Derek Ansley now as the, de- the defensive coordinator. What are some of the things that uh, you know have uh, raised your eyebrows a little bit in training camp? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's a little bit um, maybe I don't know how much people are talking about this, but like Chris Rump, I, he really seems like he's improved. Um, he did a lot more defensively in training camp than I would have anticipated. And that's a guy who, you know, maybe he's going to get a little more run on, on defense. Um, you know, hopefully, you, you know, Charger fans, you, you want Bosa and Mac to be out there the whole time or as much as they can be out there. And they, you know, they, these guys would love to play those guys a bunch. But I, he was a guy I thought it looked looked really improved. He he really seemed like he belonged, you know, defensively. You know, we, we know what he can do on special teams. He's pretty solid there. But I, that was a guy who kind of surprised me. I think, you know, Kenneth Murray, everybody who's watched him the last couple of weeks, three weeks, has said, yeah, he looks better. You know, he looks more confident. He looks like he – Look, you know, he looks like a real solid uh, linebacker now. Um, you know, where you know, so where in the past there was there were some, you know, there were questions about him and just kind of the consistency and and where he was at times. Uh, but he he seems like he's really matured and taken a step forward too. That's another guy who, who to me, I I don't know how much of a surprise it was, but it certainly. Um, it, it, it certainly was a, a, a positive, and I think that I think they're really excited about where he is. The, you know, the one the one thing that you know is really the last couple of days we've all been talking a lot about is Quentin Johnston, and I mean this issue with drops is real. I don't think um, that's going to be something to watch. I, I think we really uh, people watching this team, fans of this team, are probably going to have to really temper their expectations at the start of the season because I. The way he's looked at times on some of these, uh, in some of these practices, you kind of wonder. I mean, how much, how much trust do they have in this guy right now, and how much trust does Herbert have in him right now? And I don't, I don't know. That's a ton. And a guy like that, you know, they're playing the Dolphins week one. That's a big game. They, you know, they, they're going to need to win that game. 
And I don't know, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Johnston doesn't play a ton early on just because the, he, he's still got some stuff to prove to the coaches and to Justin Herbert. Is, is the thing to prove for him is just reliability in terms of like literally catching it? Like I know he, he seemed to look much better during the second preseason, the first preseason. That could have been just like preseason jitters, number one out of the way. And I know I, I think it was Daniel Popper mentioned there were a couple drops that he had this week at camp. He mentioned it and he owned it, saying that's one of the things he wants to work on is kind of being more aggressive at the catch point and focusing more. Like, is that it? Is it just like he just has to focus? That, that seems to be what we're hearing from him. Yeah, he, to his credit, we asked him, you know, Popper and I went back and forth at him a couple of times with questions yesterday about trust and hands and all that. And he stood there and answered them all. And and he he, he did own up to it. And he said, yeah, I, you know, I... He, at TCU, he had problem. He had a problem, and he, he admitted he got down on himself early at TCU. And he he expressed to us yesterday he's matured through that. He's not he's not that way anymore. He you know he doesn't uh, lose his, his confidence uh, or doesn't get down on himself. Is how he really said it yesterday. Um, and it the thing about this is you know I, I was talking to Keenan Allen early in training camp about this. And he said the two the first thing is you got to earn the confidence and the trust of the coaches so they give you chances. And I, I think he's done that for the most part. Now the next one is, as Keenan told me, is now you've got to earn when you get those chances, then you gotta earn the quarterback's trust. And that's the real important one. And I don't, you know, I, I asked him specifically if he how he felt he's done on that. And he said he thinks Herbert trusts him. If you ask Herbert, uh, publicly, he'll say, "Oh yeah, he, you know, he's a, he's a star. He's going to be great. Yeah, we love him and all that." But we'll we'll see when the games start and he's running a route whether he goes there or not. And the one, you know, the one on Tuesday that we all saw, to, it, it, this is it's a it was the first play of a two minute. They were simulating a two minute deal at the end of a game or end of half. There's 52 seconds left. They're sort of you know near midfield trying to go for a field goal or whatever this exact scenario was, the very first play, he, he's running a crosser, not a long pass, not a difficult pass. He's got he's got the advantage on the defensive back. The ball hits him right in the hands and he drops it. In a, in a real game, we all know, right, that's a killer. You don't want to start a two-minute situation with 50 right. seconds, 52 seconds left and drop with a drop. And – I guarantee you, you know, after, you know, I, you know, Herbert, they went, was talking to him and stuff. And, but I'm going to tell you in a real game, if that scenario comes up, Herbert's not going to throw that ball. <laughs> like he's going to look and he's going to look somewhere else probably because it, you know, it, it's real important, you know, as a quarterback, his job is to get that team, get points, get the team in the end zone, get the team, whatever the situation they're looking for. Yeah, it's not, it's not to gonna, get the receiver out of a rut. That's not his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so he's going to look to guys who he trusts. And the thing about what we're talking about here is he's got three wide receivers in front of him that Herbert trusts completely. You know, those three guys he knows he can go to. He knows he can go to Eckler. He knows to a little bit of a lesser degree he's got Gerald Everett. So those those are all tar targets that are there that that Herbert knows and. I'm sure in his heart of hearts that as much as Justin wants this guy to succeed, he knows how important he can be to the team eventually right now, you know, whatever it is, two weeks before the first game, I'm sure that Justin in the back of his mind is like, no, this, 
I don't, I haven't seen enough. And I know the coach, I'm sure the coaches are saying the same thing. It's not, yes. this isn't a Herbert thing. This is like a team thing. And, and they, I wonder, they're all saying the same thing. I'm sure. And I, and I wonder if it becomes, you know, similar to like, you know, it used to be third and Allen where like, you know, it's got to have it plays like it went to Keenan Allen. And I wonder if it might just turn into expressing itself in the way that may, may not go to him in the got to have it plays, but like in those deep shot plays, like in the ones that they want to, you know, change direction and catch folks off guards, that might be where they go. But if it's third and six, like I think they, like you mentioned, like Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they all have like, they can be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. They will take their, I think what, I think what you're getting at Dan is exactly what it's going to be. I think they're going to pick their spots with Quentin more than just let's roll these four receivers and we're going right. to rotate them through and we're all, they're going to, they're going to be lining up all over the place, doing different stuff. We're going to take advantage of all of them. It's going to be with, I think, with Quentin early on. Now, I'm just talking about the start of the season. Maybe two, three weeks into the season, maybe this isn't an issue. Maybe he plays really well, and we're not even this. We're not talking about this anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be something we're going to be talking about. Um, but I think what you'll see is they'll pick their spots where they're okay. Now he'll come in. You know, and they'll, you know, he'll kind of decoy maybe a play or two, and then there'll be a play where, okay, this one's going to him. You know, if everything's all things being equal, you're the target, and everyone's going to know on the offensive side this is where we're going, and he's he's going to have to make those plays, make those simple, you know, NFL relative simple plays that and show to them, show to these guys, show to this whole team, teammates, coaches, quarterback that I can, I can do this. You can count on me doing the simple stuff. And then eventually if he can do that and he can do the stuff that you're, that to be an NFL wide receiver, you have to be able to do, then they can try to take, you know, expand it, try to do more stuff with them and try to get a little more exotic and try to do things where they'll be able to more, you know, use his skill set and, and try to take advantage of that, you know, yards after catch and the breakaway stuff that, and why they drafted him in the first place. One thing that I think will help not only Quentin Johnston and these receivers and Justin Herbert would be if we can actually finally see a competent running game by this offense. And Kellen Moore was brought in for a very large reason to fix the running game on this offense. Uh, what are some of your, I guess, expectations of this running game this year so far because of camp and preseason, what you've seen so far? Like, what are what do you take away from that that we'll see this year that's different to the eyes and to the stat sheet, maybe than what we saw last year. Well, I, I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to be, you know, with the caveat being when you're running backs, Austin Eckler, he's not a big bruising Ezekiel Elliott kind of player, but I think the idea is they want to be more of a physical, you know, between the tackles, like try to try to exert some will and some power and try and, and just, just to be, um, and be more of a complete kind of running, running team, and try. They, you know, they keep. They've told us from the beginning of camp, even before that, this whole you know, establish an identity of the run game, and it's it's just you know, I, just so people realize, I'm not, I'm not just copying out like I sometimes do. <laughs> it, it is hard to, and uh, in, in preseason to really get a sense of the run game. It's really hard because they're not tackling to the ground. These guys aren't breaking tackles. You don't really know exactly what, what it's going to look like. But they if their offensive line can stay together, stay healthy, you know, that will be a big part of it. And then it's it's gonna be a question of if um 
you know, if one of those backs behind Eckler can kind of become more of a threat than just be a guy they can throw in there to give Eckler a break for a play or two, um, that, you know, th- that's the stuff that we really won't know until we, the, the season starts. We're going to know the first half against Miami how it's – we'll have a much better sense, the way I should say, a much better sense of the first half of Miami than we have had throughout since they hired Kellen Moore because it's just – it's really a hard thing to, to judge and try to figure out just by watching because it's not real. What we're seeing isn't real. It's simulated. And it, it gets real in that first game, and then we'll – We'll have a much better sense, you know, at halftime of that game, even than we have right now. But, but you're a hundred percent right. The Chargers, for as everybody bagged uh, as much as everybody bagged on the offense and get Lombardi out of here, Joe Lombardi, get him out of here. They were third in the NFL in passing yards last year. Third, right? There were two teams: the Chiefs and Mahomes, and the Bucks who couldn't run at all. Those are the only two teams that threw for more yards than the Chargers did. So. What I'm saying is that shows you how much they need to be able to run the ball. I mean, they're going to throw – they're going to be able to pass. I mean, Herbert threw for 48, 700 yards last year. It hurt. And with a beat-up offensive line and half his receivers, I mean, they're going to they're gonna put up yards through the air. They're going to they're gonna pass the ball. You know, you don't want Eckler catching 107 balls again, but they're going to be – they're going to put up yards and through the air by accident. So they they a hundred percent though, way more than Quentin Johnston, way more than uh, you know any of this explosive offense. What's going to determine I think their success is if if they can run and be a threat to run. And as we saw last year, we talked about it. I know the three of us talked about it. There's going to be a point in these games you have to run to run out the clock to give your defense a break. If they can do that, that that's all they need to do. They don't need to lead the league in rushing. But if they're just average, and then they can run the ball when they have to, that that's what they really need to become a team that when they need to run it, they can. And don't worry, Jeff. We're we're gonna get your predictions and put you on a spot here in a bit. So <laughs> you were, some of those RB three, four, RB two spots and tight end spots, we're gonna put you on the spot. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, my my next question is not necessarily putting Jeff so much on the spot, but it is kind of an over evaluation of the tight end group because you just talked about it. The running game one position that could definitely help it is you get some tight ends in there that can block. And obviously we have lauded Gerald Everett and Donald Parham for their athletic receiving capabilities. But behind that, you know, Trey McKitty is still kind of playing catch up as it relates to getting to that blocking trait that we knew that the Chargers drafted him for out of college. And you have stone smart behind that. And this kind of coincides with what you were talking about in terms of getting the final 53 man roster, because I've said it plenty of times that I still felt that tight end could be a possible target for the Chargers when all of these cutdowns start to happen. In terms of just your overall evaluation of the tight end group, in terms of what you feel that they need for this system, maybe outside of Parham and, and, and Everett, because we know what they bring in terms of the receiving options, but is there still work to be done as it relates to this group overall? You know, Jake, you just said it. That's one of those, you know, 53 thing could change. I guarantee you they're going to be looking for blocking tight ends. Like I, I would be. I mean, and if I'm thinking that way, they have to be thinking that way because that's a, you're, you guys nailed it. I mean, that's a big, can, can be a big part of your, your running game. And they don't have that. I mean, none of these guys uh, are, you know, Gerald Everett, I, I, you know, he's, he's a really good receiver. He's got great hands and he, he does have these lapses that everybody knows during games. He sometimes checks out it in weird moments. For, I'm not sure what's happening exactly there, but he, 
he's an effective receiver. He's not a great blocker. We saw what happened with Trey McKitty last year. Donald Parham, you know, he, he can do some things, but he's, he, the, they don't, they don't have, they don't, none of those guys are, are what you'd call blocking tight ends. So uh, that's something they could be looking at. And it, it, another thing, just to sort of keep our eyes on here, like I mentioned, you know, two of those guys got hurt yesterday or, or one got hurt in practice. The other one was hurt before something happened last week, apparently. You know, there's um, Hunter Campmoyer. They were using him yesterday. You know, he was, you know, he was in a blocking role, like a almost like a fullback kind of thing. I mean, they they had him out there. You know, so you know, there's. We'll see what happens with the health of those guys, uh, and we'll see what happens when who becomes available. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all, though, if they. Um, that's an area that they don't have an answer right now, and. If they're going to try, you know, if they don't have that, they just scheme a different way. But that that isn't that's a that's a that that way they can't scheme right now because they don't have that. And and with this group of tight ends, they're they're not going to have that. I think another one that probably has more fans' attention, which I don't know if necessarily justified or not, but the wide receiver six spot. And you mentioned injuries. You know, Jalen Guyton still has not stepped foot on like the active practice squad. Uh, in terms of practicing out there at training camp or in preseason or anything like that. He's on the, off of the side field, which has opened the door for guys like a John Hightower and Keelan Doss and all that kind of stuff. Given what we know of Jalen Guyton and his injury and rehab and all that, then also given what we know from the production standpoint, both in camp with John Hightower earning all the touchdowns, all that kind of stuff, and Keelan Doss's like consistency but pairing that with what the Chargers actually need from their wide receiver six, how do you see that playing out? Like at this point, if they go Jalen Guyton, they would be choosing him without seeing a snap from him. And then if they go a different direction, how do you see it playing out? Uh, I think it'll be Doss. Um, from what we've seen all training camp and really in the off season too, um, he's been the guy that uh, has been with the ones. So they're going through walkthroughs. The starters are out there. There's a group of guys on the side who are all you know, coming in and out. He's one of those guys. Meanwhile, John Hightower is on the other field with the twos. Well, that hasn't changed. I mean, they're, now Hightower has gotten some chances with the ones. They have given him chances with the ones. So that's, that's not as if it's, he's never out there. That's not accurate at all. But in that setting, that, that those walkthrough settings typically – that's what we've seen, and that really hasn't changed. Um, so that tells me that you know Doss is the guy that they're they're looking at for that spot. Um, the uh, you know John Hightower had that great start to camp, uh, got hurt, had, you know hasn't been the same since he came back. Um, mm. uh, the game the other night, the preseason game, he he had a couple of moments that weren't great. Um, so. Uh, I think right now th that that spot, if, you know, if the roster's set right now, it would would be Doss. Now, Guyton, you know, he has – we saw him on the field before the game Sunday, the preseason game. This week he was out on the field uh, doing – you know, he was he, he was on the field at least visible because we, we had completely lost him for – we you know, for weeks. We had, hadn't seen him for weeks. Um, that suggests he's getting better. He's coming back. 
I, I can't imagine he's, you know, he's going to make enough progress in the next two weeks to start the season. My guess is he'll start the season on, on Pup and then he'll have to miss the first four games at least. And then I, I, I would think after that is probably when we would see Guyton. But I, I think to answer your question right now, it, it would be, be Doss would be that sixth spot. Final preseason game for the Chargers going to the Niners. Jeff, I got obviously. really dark, right? What happened with my face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling light, you, light, lights out moment every time. I'm telling you, there is there. one simple thing. At least, to, at least today, Jeff, there was no, you know, dropout in the video, Yet. no cuts in the audio. If, if if this is if this is what takes place, you know, we'll accept these oh. little minor things in terms of lighting. So, but this I is think that, that was a John Hightower fan who said, "I'm turning <laughs> the lights on this guy." Like I'm telling. <laughs> He's like, I heard it. I heard it. Now I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's fantastic. I do, I do the best I can, guys. <laughs> this is why having Jeff Miller on the show is always great entertainment. Uh, so two more, two more questions for you. Two more questions. Final preseason game for the Chargers heading to the 49ers. Jeff will obviously be there in person. But obviously, um, last week's preseason game against the Saints – Kind of took a step back from what we saw from week one in terms of overall, uh, you know, as what you would like to see from a, from a game. And as far as week one against the Rams went, overall performances kind of dipped a little bit from both uh, certain players in the offense and the defense. So going into this final preseason game, what are some of the key things that you're going into watch for? Well, I think, uh, you know, JT Woods, um, his continued development, he's, he has, to his credit, he's had a nice finish, or he had a nice finish to training camp. I got to get on board with the fact that training camp's over now. Over. So he had a nice finish to training camp. He really did. And I thought the other night, you know, he had the one uh, where he took a really bad angle. And he, after the game I talked about, it, he owned up to it and said, Yeah, that I, yeah, I got to get the guy on the ground there. And you can't have that. You know, and, and he. He, he, you know, the one thing he told me at, in college at Baylor, you know, his whole this idea that he needs to tackle better. He, he's been hearing this his whole life. He heard the same thing at Baylor. He he told me from junior his junior senior seasons, his last you know between his next to last and last season at Baylor, he really took a jump tackling wise. So he's hoping to do that again here and going into his second season. Now this he's going to take that jump. So. The, that's a guy who uh, he needs to keep this going now. He had nice little, he's had some nice moments in, in practice this week. He's got to keep that going. Um, another guy is Mark, uh, Mark Webb, another defensive back who, I mean, he's got a spot, I think on this team right now, at least, you know, the 53, uh, we'll see what happens game day, but you know, he's got a spot right now, but he's got to get through this game. He's got to continue to show these guys that, like this trust thing and that they can, if they need him to go in a game, that he's going to know where to go, and how, you know, and basically he's going to be able to get guys on the ground if they need him to get somebody on the ground. So, um, like those are two guys uh, who, uh, you know, I think at this moment, I mean, certainly Woods is on the team. I think Webb probably is on the team, but they they need to finish this off. They need, you know, the, we hear it all the time, and you know, in this sport about you know you got to finish plays, finish games. Well, this is the same thing. You got to finish this preseason now. So I think like the coaches, they like to look at this stuff and see who's kind of playing through the tape. You know, who's who's running through the tape. You know, he's saying track and field, like who, you know, who's finishing strong and who looks like they're, you know, they're maturing and they're and they're like, okay, now this guy looks like an NFL player, and that's the kind of stuff 
that they'll be looking for on some of these select players uh, uh, in that game Friday. And those are two of the guys who I think bear watching because, again, they're, they're, they need to finish this and build on this. You know, Trey McKitty's another guy. You know, he, he needs to be solid and not, not have any screw-ups, not, you know, have any you – know, don't, you know, false start, don't drop a pass, don't just blatantly miss a block. I mean, do, you know, do, do what an NFL player should do here and, and finish this thing off strong. And, and, you know, those are the kind of players who, um, while I think all those guys are on this team, it, you know, their position going into week one is still can be greatly influenced exactly, you know, how when they start scheming up for the Dolphins and really get into it, you know, they're going to look at some of these, the way some of these guys finish this week here and think, okay, th- we, this guy we feel good about, this guy maybe not so much, you know, and they'll, and they'll, and they'll scheme up the whole – all the, the starters and the main guys and their plans based on these guys behind them, how they feel. And again, we talked about this trust. How much do they trust all these guys? Now we'll get you out of here on, on this last one. Uh, it, it's interesting. You mentioned Mark Webb and JT Woods. You're predicting being on the team. So if you just kind of extrapolate that Mark Webb, JT Woods, Alohi Gelman, Derwin James, which would mean like a Raheem Lane could be the odd man out, which is wild because like Raheem Lane's had a pretty good camp and pretty good preseason so far. So Jake, we were talking about at the beginning, like this 53 man cut down is going to be tough. And there are going to be guys that are going to be taken off this roster that are going to be painful. Um, yeah. I, I think all five of those guys are going to make it at least that's uh, on my, oh, okay. I'll give you a little, a little snippet of my, uh, I, it hasn't published yet, but my 53, all five of those safeties are on the, on the team. I, I think Raheem Lane is going to be on the team too. So, uh, okay. Interesting. I think, yeah, I think all five of those guys are going to make it now. Um, if I had to choose between Raheem and Webb, it's going to be Raheem because I, I think he's, he, he is a little more, he gives you a little more in special teams and you're going to, you know, in that spot, you're going to need, you know, that, 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 that fourth, that third and fourth safety, um, uh, you know, those guys are going to be special teams kind of guys. And so um, uh, no matter what they do on defense, if nothing, they're going to be special teams guys. And Lane has shown us he he hits. He's a hitter, and they, they like him. So uh, specifically to that question, uh, I have all five of those guys making it. All right, well, now you're opening up a whole can of worms because does that mean that you Completely. have five? Does that mean that you have five corners or six? Five corners. Oof. Five corners, five safeties. Okay. So. Oh, oh, gushy. Okay. Um. Well, then, well, then that leads us to this last question. Uh, one more preseason game, and maybe give us one on offense and one on defense for each of these. But who has the most to gain out of this preseason game, and who has the most to lose in this preseason game? Oh wow, that is a. Uh... That's a heck of a question there. Most to gain, most to lose. Um, um, well, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to uh, go outside the box a little bit. And based on the way this whole thing started, probably the most to lose is Cameron Dicker, right? What happens if he goes out there? That's a good point. I, I don't know. I don't know that they're both going to kick. We kind of think they are because they did last week. But if Cameron Dicker goes out there and – misses a couple of kicks all of a sudden 
Um, don't you know? do this. Don't do this. Don't do this, Jeff. Don't do this. So I'm just saying, if you're looking for a guy who has something, you know, that's a guy who who could have uh, something to lose. Uh, you know, we just talked about Webb. That's a guy. If he has a bad game, he has some bad moments. You know, he I, I, he's probably. You know, that 52, 53, 54, 55 guy, he's one of those. And he, like I said, I think he's on this team right now, but if he has a bad game, that, that uh, um, you yeah, know, that does not bode well. Uh, um, on, on offense, you know, I mean, I guess we're not going to count Dicker as an offensive player because he's a special teams guy. On offense, um, I'm just trying to think if there's any maybe – uh, you know, I was going to say, like, maybe one of those backup offensive linemen, but I think all those guys are good. Um, you know, maybe like a Trey McKitty is a guy who, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I think he's okay, but, you know, you know, I mean, if he has a bad game. Uh, Pressure's you know, building. Pressure's yeah, building. Yeah, if he, you know, he gets called for holding, you know, he does, you know, whatever. He has a false start, you know, he does, you know. It, that he, you know, he's a guy, and, and we saw. I mean, and talk about surprises earlier. We we saw what Stone Smart did, and I mean, he looked good in that game. Yeah, he was one of the guys who played really well, and he's looked really good in practice. That guy can catch. He's got some good hands, and uh, I think Herbert. He's got a little thing going with Herbert. So McKitty is a guy who, you know, if he does not finish this, like we talked about. You know, he could, you know, he could look, you know, his position is, could be uh, compromised, uh, you know, at least his status, you know, he, he's going to play special teams, I think, either way. But, but in terms of playing on offense, I think, you know, he's a guy who might, you know, unless it's just a straight running play and they need him to try to block, you know, he, he may not get uh, a whole lot of snaps if, uh, if he does not finish as well. All right. So then I guess the other part of that is the Hail Mary attempts. Uh, who has the most to gain in this? Like Elijah Dotson, I don't know if he's even capable of staying on the team. Like, is it like a John Hightower? Could it be like a, a, a Taiwan Molin? Like, are there any guys who, if they ball out this week, could maybe earn themselves a roster spot? Could really, I, you know, what? I, I'd love to say that. Yeah, there's this guy, and I don't, I don't know that there is. I don't think there is, to be honest. Um, I think you know, and part of it is. I think it's 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 probably a pretty good sign that the Chargers are they have their rosters pretty set, totally. and I think it's not that hard to figure out because they didn't change a lot from last season, right? I mean, in the off season there weren't like a ton of changes, so we're yeah you know, all these guys we're talking about other than the draft picks, there it's going to be the same guys you know fin you know starting this season that finished last season, um, so no, I don't. I don't think, um, other than you know, maybe a you know a guy trying to get a practice squad thing. I, in terms of the, the initial fifty-three, I don't think anybody, any of these undrafted guys are in a position where they're gonna, um, they're gonna they're gonna play their way uh, onto the roster. I, I I just don't think that's gonna happen this this time around. And now that I said that, there'll be like three guys who, <laughs> it'll be like. It's it'll the Miller a, curse. It's the Miller it'll curse. Be, it'll be Austin Eckler all over again. There'll be guys making the team, doing incredible, heroic Superman things. Uh, if, but yeah, if I that's just, the I, case, if that's the case, they owe Jeff Miller and Charges Unleashed a whole bunch of ham 
for what we're doing for them. Exactly. Exactly. We're, we're giving them all the, the fuel they need, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see that uh, being the case. I know that's happened in the past. And, you know, Eckler obviously is the biggest example, probably in the league that happening in recent memory. I, I, I just don't, I have, I, my feeling is that that's not where that, where this team is, where this roster is. And that's fair. And that's why we have Jeff Miller on the show, because he gives Chargers fans like a shot, a dose of reality and perspective versus all that up in the cloud stuff and getting everybody excited <laughs> for the drop. Uh, but no, seriously, Jeff, you, you're, you've always been someone that we can count on to kind of talk it like it is uh, and kind of sift through some of the BS that you hear sometimes through training camp, whether it's from fans or critics or pundits. So we appreciate you just like keeping it real, which I think Chargers fans, we've heard. And have told us like that's one of the things they love about you. Well, I I, I try. It's it's all I got. I don't really have you know. I the, the reality of it is is all I can go by what I see. I don't have a lot of depth. I don't like. I'm not really. I'm not like deep. You know, Popper's deep X's and O's. He understands all that stuff. I just kind of look at it. What's happening? And those guys are standing over there. So I think that's good for them. And those guys over there. That's I'm looking at those numbers. No, those guys probably aren't on the team. And these guys probably. Now yeah, you're just a sandbagger. So, that's not true. <laughs> So, so that it's it's not uh, it's not terribly scientific. I'm not breaking down tape. I want I want that to be clear that I'm not uh, you know I'm not really grinding on the X's and O's to 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 get some of the stuff. And a lot of it's pretty pretty simple, basic you know I I test kind of stuff. So we'll see how it plays out. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. Uh, be sure to follow Jeff on X or Twitter or whatever they're going to call it tomorrow. Uh, for Jeff Miller at LA Times, Jake Hefner, Dan Wilkes on here from Chargers Unleashed and LA Football Network. Uh, enjoy the next preseason game versus Niners, and we'll talk to you soon on the next Chargers Unleashed.